I thank your pastor, Pastor uh, Dwayne, for giving me an opportunity to talk to you. And he mentioned that he is doing a series with you coming from the parables of Jesus. And I think the title of the overall series is, Did You Get That? And it's a powerful, powerful way of discourse to share with you the red letters from the Bible of what Jesus had to say about some very important things. So with that in keeping, um, and I prayed to God where to go, and it seemed like this, the parable that resonated with me the most is the one that speaks to friendship. And I'm going to say a few things about friendship. Anybody have any really good friends? Amen. Now put your hand up because your friend might be standing next or sitting next to you, so wouldn't want to embarrass anybody today, but friendship. So uh, if, if you would, if you have your Bibles, um, it'd be so kind to turn to Luke chapter 11, verse 5. Now, now consider that the scripture that was read today precedes what I'm going to focus on. The scripture that was read today, our focal scripture, had to do with the Lord's prayer. And it was Jesus instructing his disciples on how to pray to God. And then after that, we have then this interaction that Jesus had with the people present to talk about a very important point. It begins with friendship and it ends with such a glorious, incredible ending that I ask that you kind of stay with me because when you get to the ending, you might want to act a little bit like we do over a solid rock and get a little excited because it is just that kind of message, I believe. My beloved, at Luke chapter 11, verse 5, you'll find these words recorded. And this is uh, Jesus speaking in the red text. When we get to it, it says, And he said unto them, I'm reading King James Version translation, by the way. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, Lend me three loaves. My beloved, for a few moments of your time, I want to speak on this topic, the valued friend, the valued friend. Let us pray. Precious God Almighty, we thank you for our opportunity once again to come together, to convene, and to worship you and to celebrate you. We hope that you have positioned us to be able to do that in spirit and truth, for we know that's what you delight in. Dear God, I ask that you uh, would take this moment, this part of the service, and diminish this man that stands here. That it's not me, God, that speaks, but it is your words. Remove my intellect, my experience, my opinion, and then God interject that only the words you would have uttered today so that the hearers can be edified, built up, strengthened for these times. I ask God that you would make their ears unstopped, that you would make their heart receptive, and that you would cause their hands to itch and with a desire to work what it is that you are saying. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus the Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. The value friend. My beloved, I wanted to draw your attention to some friends that are captured in this parable. And there are several. Uh, um, the first friend is asking his neighbor, who would be the second friend, he's asking for help. Uh, but he's asking for this help, and it's a little inconvenient. It's at an ungodly hour, if you could say such a thing. I think every hour is godly because <laughs> he made the whole day, right? But anyway, um, it, it's, it's yet this first friend seeks help. Why? We find in verse 6 it says, 
he's telling his friend that he went to to ask for help. He says, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Uh, he has an unexpected visitor that happens to be his friend. And you might say that's the third friend in the story. So you get, there's one friend that is asleep. There's another friend that goes to him and asks for help. Can you give me some bread? And he says, because I have a friend that has come to me and he has come to lodge with me. I didn't know he was coming. But our custom is that when we're the host, we provide for our guests. Can you help me out? And so then we find that Jesus goes on to, in telling this parable, he wants to emphasize something really important. For in the next verse we find, and it says, and he from within, that's the person that's inside the house that was asleep, shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. It's not my fault, I want to, I really would, you're a good friend, but it's late at night, we're in bed. It's so inconvenient. And, 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 and it's not just me, my, my children are asleep. You don't want me to get up and wake my kids, do you? Hmm. <laughs> and if you have a little baby, right, a newborn, the last thing you want to do is wake the newborn in the middle of the night, right? So he says, not tonight, we are asleep. But notice that Jesus is not done with this parable because he wants to illustrate a point about persistence. So he says, I say unto you, though he will not rise again, he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet... Okay, Jesus said friendship wasn't enough to get him out of bed. But Jesus goes on to say, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. That word importunity, the synonym for that word is persistence, begging, to pester, to have supplication, to plead with. And so he says he may not rise because he's a friend, but he might be pestered to the point that he'll respond and give him whatever he needs. After all, it's an emergency. My friend has showed up at my door and I can't provide. So I go to who I think is my friend to help me out because I am a friend in need. Now, Jesus could have ended the parable here. It's a very powerful lesson about friendship. It's about coming together and supporting one another when there is a need, but he doesn't stop there. Oftentimes you'll find this is how Jesus teaches. When you think you've gotten the message and you think you've gotten the lesson, he's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Hold on, there's more to come. And here where we, here's exactly where we are in this process. For look at what happens next. In, in verse nine, he says, and I say unto you. How many of you know that when Jesus said, and I say, this, we really need to pay attention, right? He says, and I say unto you, ask. And what? It shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asks receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. 
Now, having set the stage, Jesus teaches about knocking and asking and seeking. And I tell you, when that passage, I wanted to memorize that passage for myself, I kept getting stuff all mixed up in order. I don't know, do you ask first? Do you knock first? Do you seek first? And as I was playing around this, see, like the Holy Spirit gave me some insights. I'm like, God, you're amazing. He says, like, the, take the acronym A-S-K, ask. And you have it, that's the order that appears in the scripture. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. And I'm like, oh God, you're amazing with your word. Ask. Ask. So what do you get when you don't ask? I can guarantee you, usually you get a 0% of what it is you're seeking. <laughs> So asking is so important to ask, and this is a powerful lesson in and of itself, having good friends and being courageous enough to go ask for help when you need it. Ask. But Jesus is not done here either. He could have finished at this point, but still there's more to the lesson to be learned. So he presses on. In verse 11, he says about asking, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Wait a minute. You mean this whole parable talking about friendship, talking about asking is to get us to the place to ask the Father for the Holy Spirit? The end point of the parable, that's where Jesus was leading to, and we would be remiss not to pay attention to that. All the other things were good qualities to demonstrate as a friend. It was a good qualities to demonstrate as somebody in need. And then we get to the place of realizing that our greatest need is not bread. It's not fish. It's not an egg. Our greatest need is the indwelling of God's spirit within us. Ask. It's just that simple. So what began as a parable about friends, helping one another ends with asking God the Father as he wishes to help his children. Such an illustration. Oh, wow. It teaches, we see Jesus is teaching via the questions that he asked. And through the questioning process, it pauses the person that's listening. Hmm. It's a good technique when you're working with kids. You want to teach them something, you can just tell them or you can ask them questions that lead them to the answer, which might be a more rewarding journey for them. So no parent would give a stone instead of bread if their child is hungry. No parent, no good parent would give a serpent for a fish. No good parent would give a scorpion if the child wants an egg. And we being imperfect, we being unlike God in that sense, can do good things. Then what about the perfect God? 
if we can, in our state, can do good things, what can God in his incredible state do? Wow. That's the reason why it's easy to worship him in spirit and in truth. When you realize that we are a microcosm of his creation, and yet he gives so much attention to us. Well, Rev, how much attention is that? Well, how about this? He saw us in our falling state, and while we were lost, he sent his son to die for us. Before we first loved him, he loved us. Hmm. I know I've heard some people say, well, you've got to take the first step, and then God will take the next. But my beloved, we're too late if we're going to try to take the first step, because he already took the first step. I mean, you might say, but what about the people before Jesus, when he came in incarnate in the body? What about those people? Didn't they take the first step? No. I mean, God took the first step when he made creation because we know that creation, he already decided how creation was going to be before he began the creation. He knew the end before the beginning. Wow. This amazing God that we have, um, that we can call God, our God, has provided us, in my mind, the most valued friend we will ever have. And that's himself. The Father, the Son, and certainly the Holy Spirit. Greatest friends. So, so, so you might say, well, well, can you tell me about why you say that about the Holy Spirit? I get that about the Father. For, he, for God so loved, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We get that. We know God is our friend. <clears throat> and Jesus, who is Lord, he died for our sins. But how does the Holy Spirit fit into this equation? Great question. My beloved, I'm here to tell you that he is an incredible friend too because the Holy Spirit prays the right things for us when we don't know what to pray for according to Romans 8 and 26. You ever been in a place when you were betwixt a problem and an issue and you didn't know what to ask God for? You didn't know how to pray and you found yourself struggling? Well, you have an advocate, a friend indeed that indwells in you that will pray words that can't be uttered on your behalf. Wow. What else can this great friend of ours do? How about this? He instructs us in all righteousness. According to John 14 and 26 and, and 16 and 13 and Galatians 5 and 25, it like really pinned the point that he helps us to know what's right and what's wrong. The Holy Spirit is also integral in our adoption for through him, we're able to cry out, Abba, Father, or Father, Father, speaking of God the Father, the Heavenly Father. And we're able to cry out to him like we are his children because indeed he has made that so. The Holy Spirit nurtures us with godly, godly qualities. Well, what qualities would that be? Well, have you ever heard of fruit of the Spirit? Well, if you look at that passage in the Bible, you'll find that the Spirit is capitalized, which means the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, all those great things. You remember what they were? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and the list goes on. All those are provided, produced in us by the Holy Spirit. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he also reveals the deeper things of God. 
There might be somebody here that would like to know the deeper things of God, like, God, can you tell me why I am here today in this life, this body, this time frame? What is my purpose? Every believer should ask that question. Now, our overall purpose is to, is to please God, to, to worship him in spirit and truth and to share, share with others our testimonies of why we have decided to go this route and walk with God and encourage them to do likewise. Those are all great things, but each of us have then an a internal or, or subset purpose to fulfill. Maybe it's volunteering in the church. Maybe it's being that, that source of light in your family or your, in your neighborhood or on the job. Whatever it is, asking the Holy Spirit who reveals the deeper things of God, that's proper. And then lastly, um, of course, there are many more, but I'll stop with this last one. He also grants us spiritual gifts. Now, I won't enumerate those because that, that, that's a sermon unto itself, but he gives us the power to work the things uh, that God requires of us so that we are victorious. The, 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 the song that was sung earlier, we have victory in performing the things of God. Speaking of songs, I love the other song that was shared today, Great Selection Worship Team. Your spirit lives within me. So appropriate and so fitting for the message today. My victory, I am not alone. Wow, that feels so precious to me. I am not alone. All these provisions of the Holy Spirit are needed, if not required, for righteous living. God the Father wants to grant us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to ask for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would send us another when he departed to go to heaven. He said he would send us a comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. So, in fact, God, in this message, of all the other friends I described, he is the true valued friend. Now, let me talk about valued friend for a moment. Personal example. Personal, this is my personal experience. When I was a kid growing up, elementary school, I had a guy who I thought was my friend. I would call his name James, but then you might know who I'm talking about, so I'll say his name is James. <laughs> James lived across the street from me when I was growing up in elementary school, and James would always dare me to do different things. I, and I was a gullible kid. I mean, uh, I trusted James. And so one day he had his bicycle turned upside down, and he was trying to adjust the tension on his chain that was going across the sprocket in the rear tire. And so he would loosen the nut on the rear tire and pull tight on the, that rear tire to tighten the chain. And, and he said, uh, Dennis, put your finger here. Gullible Dennis put my finger there, trusting my friend, and he cranked the pedal, and my finger got caught between the chain and the sprocket. Mm. Good friend, good friend, good friend. Uh, this, the, James is the same one when I was a kid who dared me to stand in a part of the river uh, that was in our community. And the river, he says, stand in that white water, I dare you. That part was the rapid part of the river. And it, as soon as I stood in it, it swept me off and I nearly lost my life that day. But by the grace of God, 
He sent somebody that had lifeguard-saving skills, was able to catch me in this fast-moving water and drag me to the edge of the, the river so that I can talk to you about this message, perhaps, about friendship. <laughs> friends come, friends go. But God is with us forever. For Jesus declared, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us goes with us wherever we go. Wow, that is the true and valued friend. So as I come to a close in this message, I think I need to share just a few more things with you about friends. Here's the type of friend to be. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. It says, a friend loveth all t- at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Contrast that with the, the parable, a true friend lodge, provides lodging unexpectedly, that another friend gives loaves of bread of plenty to help out. But the best friend in this parable, my beloved, is the Holy Spirit. Consider now Proverbs 18, the second half of that verse, and it says, excuse me, Proverbs 18, verse 24, the second half, it says, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You have a friend like that? You might say, no, I really don't, Rev. I don't have a friend like that. But I'm telling you, you can have a friend like that if you don't. For the Bible says that he stands at the door and knock, and anyone that will open the door, he will come in and sup with you. That friend is knocking right now. If you don't have a friend, but if you have that friend, keep your door open to continue to make him feel welcome in you. And then I must share with you these questions. Do you appreciate what God provides? You. Do you appreciate what he provides? You might say, well, Rev, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a big house. I don't have a job that, that is dependable and I can, I can like, bank my life on. I don't have people in my life that are supportive all the time. I, I don't have this. I don't have that. But, but my beloved, if you have Christ, you have more than that. For what profit the man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? According to the word of God, nothing is as special or as precious as Jesus Christ and the communion and the connection we have in relationship. This relationship that God wants to to not only cause to happen for each of us, but also to ferment or to to make more concrete through the Holy Spirit inside of us. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you're not even sure, just ask, God, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit or not. May I have the Holy Spirit? I look at it like this. If there's a gift God wants to give me, the proper response of me is to ask for it and receive it. If he wants to give it. Now, I might say, oh, God, I appreciate it. You know, you've you've done so much for me already. If you do nothing else, I'm satisfied. And he might be going, no, take the Holy Spirit. No, God, I'm good. I'm good. Take the Holy Spirit. And I'm hoping that that's the message you're getting today is God is 
he's entreating you. He's, he's, he's beckoning to you to receive the rest of his gift to you. In closing, I hope you get the sense that God is the incredible provider. For not only did he hang the stars in the sky, he did much more than that. Not only did he set the markers of day and night, he did much more than that. Not only did he separate the waters from the land, he did much more than that. Not only did he give the vegetation and his ability to reproduce itself, he did more than that. Not only did he give the animals and the mammals and the fishes that are in the sea, he did more than that. He then on the sixth day created man in his own image, after his own likeness. God expressed himself through his creation and and then brought that to a pinnacle with creating mankind. And he then set that in motion in commanding the woman and the man to be fruitful and multiply. Because God wanted lots of him flowing through the creation and to have dominion over the earth. Wow. Now, I will admit to you, that's kind of a big task to take on by ourselves, but together we can get it done. The Bible says if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. How many ever is here, the audience, the size of the audience and those that are online, if we were to lock arms together and do the things God requires, we can take any city that we happen to reside in, we can do whatever God requires of us because we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. <sighs> so let us walk worthy of God, worthy of the blessings he has bestowed upon us. And let us ask. And when we ask and miss, know that we have the Holy Spirit that knows what we have need of. And he would filter, transform, Translate and make it the proper prayers that goes to the ears of God. Wow. Now that, my beloved, is the value friend in this parable. We thank God for this opportunity. But I got to say one final thing. This truly is the final thing. Now whenever a preacher says it's the last thing, Expect another 15 minutes of last, no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. But the last thing is this. Yes, God is the valued friend. God is the valued friend. But let's not get it twisted. God is also God. Deserving to be revered, worshiped, Followed, obeyed. So my friend is not just a friend. This friend I'm referring to is Supreme God Almighty who positions himself to be our friend. Let's treat him as such. Amen? Amen. If God bless you in the message, would you give him some praise today? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. God be the glory.